Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast. We're in a series today called uh, The Beginning of the End. It's not an apocalyptic series. It's not like end of the world series. It's simply this. If you will begin to do this, then this will end up happening, right? And and this isn't a doom and gloom. I haven't tried to bring in, like, if you do drugs, you're going to die, right? Like, it's not like one of those extreme ones. It's like, man, if you will do this, it will bring so much benefit to your life in the end. And this has been one of my, we're actually going to spend some time in this series because the longer I'm in, I'm like, man, if we'll do this, if we'll do this, if we'll do this, there's so many promises of God, of blessings it will bring in our life. And so today, I want to talk to you, almost entitled this this sermon, those aren't pillows, um, but instead I decided to entitle it Pillows, Fitted Sheets, and Big Sisters. Pillows, Fitted Sheets, and Big Sisters. And so um, here's the deal, For, for a lot of us, Falling asleep is really, really hard, or staying asleep is really, really hard. And we as a culture are consumed with a good night's sleep. Uh, we, we are, we're just, how can I get a better night of sleep? How can I rest? And so we spend a lot of money every year on mattresses, on pillows, on sheets. We, we spend a lot of money. So I started researching, well, what's the most expensive pillow that is out there. So I want to show you a picture of the world's most expensive pillow, I believe. There may be one out there that's most more expensive, but this pillow that you see right here is encrusted with gems and trimmed with 24 karat gold infused fabric. Um, they take a digital scan of your head and neck and print it on a 3D printer and hand finish this with four diamonds and an intimidating large, if you see kind of the thing that looks like a bell, oh, that's no bell. That's a 22 and a half carat sapphire for a zipper. Because why not, right? Like who doesn't need a sapphire zipper, right? Why we all need it. The price for this pillow, $82,000. If, hold on, time out. If you're thinking about buying a pillow for $82,000, let's talk, okay? Let's just talk. Uh, we can find a solution. Uh, we got a building to build. Um, here's the deal. <laughs> is that it's not just an expensive pillow that we're consumed with. Man, do you know this year it's estimated that Americans alone will spend right over $16 million just on sleeping pillows? My pillow got really expensive, right? Like you're just like, what? $16 million dollars is what we are willing to invest as a country because, man, we know the value of a night's 
sleep. And it's not just something that, that we're consumed with finding a night's sleep because you know what? The reality is we know we've got to be rested. We've got to find sleep so that we can go through life better. But there's some things sleep won't fix. There's some of us here today, you're tired, and one night's sleep isn't going to fix that. You're tired, and, and, and one vacation isn't going to fix it. You came in today, and you're just worn out. You're, you're, you're weary. You're worn down. And you come in, and you're just like, yeah. And you don't know how to fix that. When I was preparing this message, I just started writing things down that I'm tired of, right? Your pastor, that, that I am tired of as a person. And as I was pre like preparing this sermon, once again, I'm like, dang, I got to apply this sermon now all of a sudden. And um, I just started writing down things that I am just weary from. I, I, I'm weary that, and tired that we are more consumed with being political than we are decent right now. Right? I, I, I am weary that we are in a, a, a culture that's more about finger pointing than owning responsibility for our own actions or our own choices. I'm weary of all the divisiveness and the hates that don't have anything to even do with politics. Well, it all has to do with politics. No, 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 listen. At some point, we've just got to learn to be decent human beings. We've got to learn to love one another. I'm tired of the uncertainty. Man, teachers... And administrators, you guys are already tired of the school year, and it just started. Some of you hadn't even started, and you're like, man, I'm tired. Parents and students, you're like, this year sucks, right? You're just, you're done already, and you're tired of it. And we're tired of the uncertainty, and we're tired of all these things. And here's the good news for you. If you came into this place tired and weary, you are at the right place at the right time, because Jesus knew this. And this is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 8, Matthew chapter 11, to a lot of tired and weary people. He says this, if you are tired from carrying heavy burdens, come to me and I'll give you rest. Take the yoke I give you, put it on your shoulders and learn from me. I am gentle and humble and you will find rest. This yoke is easy to bear and this burden is light. So here's what our beginning of the end is today. If we will begin to move nearer to Christ, you and I will end up finding rest. If you will begin moving nearer to Christ, drawing nearer to Christ, the result is you will end up finding rest. And what I love about this text, so good, is what Jesus offers us rest from. Right? Jesus doesn't offer us rest from the pace of life. He didn't say, I'm going to teach you to slow down. I'm going to teach you not to go around living life at a crazy pace. It's not what he promised. <clears throat> because pace can be fixed pretty easily, honestly. Pace, for the most part, it, it can be fixed by you turning your phone off sometimes. You're like, well, I can't. No, but, but, but really, if we turn our phones off, our pace slows down. Pace can be reset by taking a long vacation, by taking a long weekend. For some of us, the, most, the best way you can take control over your life because you're either running your life or life is running you. And if you're going to run your life instead of life running you, you learn the spiritual discipline, and this is exactly what it is, of saying no. Some of you, the most, 
the, the best thing you can do for your family, for your marriage, for you, and your relationship with Jesus Christ is learn to say no. Because we are so busy trying to please everybody and be everything to everybody that we come into this place and we're weird. But Jesus isn't offering us rest from our pace because our pace, really honestly, can be fixed pretty easily. Jesus offers us rest from the weight of life. Right? The weight is what you feel in life. And when I say that, some of you are like, yeah. I, I, I know exactly, like I didn't have to say anything else, but you just feel the weight of life. And it registers home. Because the weight of life doesn't go away when you turn your cell phones off. The weight of life doesn't go away when you go to sleep and get back up and you're like, oh, I feel so much better. The weight is gone, right? No, 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 no. It doesn't go away on vacation. You can't get away from it because it's your role in life. It's team dynamics at work. It's your family life. It's your marriage life. It's financial stresses. It's friendship issues. Man, it is just living and trying to be something consistent in an inconsistent time. And you feel the weight of that parent. You feel the weight of that teacher. You feel the weight of that student today. And man, you're just like, I am tired from the weight of life. And I'm just worn out and I need rest. And here's what Jesus says. If you are tired from caring, heavy burdens if you're tired from the weight of life come to me and I will give you rest and this word rest means and Jesus is offering to refresh the soul of anyone but out of the Greek it means this it means to cause or permit one to cease from any movement or labor in order to recover and collect his strength and I love that definition to, to cause or permit one to cease from any movement or labor in order to recover and collect his strength. And here's the promise. Jesus says this. If you'll come to me, if you'll draw near to me, the result is you'll find rest for your soul. If you're tired, if you're weary, if you feel like you're burning out, don't distance yourself from the Lord. But man, draw near to to me come near to me and you will find rest for the heavy burdens you carry so what keeps us away from rest right because there's a reason we're not engaging in the rest i think there's something that we have to do we kind of have to find our nemesis that keeps us from sleeping like like there's enemies that keep you from being able to fall asleep and there's certain things that keep you from coming to christ and finding the rest. And what I have found to be true for most of us, it's that pride and fear keep the weight on and the rest away. Pride and fear, for the most, most of us, we struggle with one or the other. Pride and fear keep the weight on and the rest away. For me, there are two things that I cannot fall asleep if these two things are present in my life. First off, if you keep your house hotter than 70 degrees at night, you are insane. You have lost your mind, right? I can, some of you are like, well, I get cold. Put some more clothes on. Put a blanket on for crying out loud, right? I'm like, I can only take so many clothes off, right? Um, there's just, I mean, I, I got to sleep with at least a sheet. I can't, I can't do it. I cannot 
Dude, I remember when I would go back to my, my mom and dad's house and my dad, like you never mess with the thermostat. I don't know, it's the ultimate power grab in the house, right? Like you don't mess with the thermostat or you're dead. Um, and when I would go back after being married, my dad kept it at like 75 at nighttime and I'm like, I'm gonna throw up. Ugh. You know, I'm just like, couldn't fall asleep. Couldn't fall asleep. Why? Because it's my nemesis to falling asleep. We keep it at 69 degrees at the Graves household and it is glorious. Um, here's the other thing is, Fitted sheets. Fitted sheets are like the Rubik's Cube of household items. I don't understand them. I don't know how to fold them. I don't know how to put them on. I don't know what's top, bottom, or sideways. But here's the real issue I have is once they're on, they've got to be smooth. Like if they're gathered, if they're wrinkled, it, it drives my ADD mind crazy. I'm like, stop right now. I have restless leg syndrome. I'm a high-maintenance sleeper, as you can tell right now. You're like, wow, you got, you got some issues, Pastor. Oh, you have no idea. Pray for my wife. And, and I've identified two things that keep me from being able to fall asleep, but when it comes to rest, it's not so easy to identify. And it'd be great if it was, but one of those things is pride. Because pride keeps you from asking for help. Pride keeps you from admitting you have a weakness and that you're getting tired because you don't want to admit it because you were trained. You just suck it up, son. And you go through, what are, what are everybody else going to be? Oh, everybody should feel sorry for you because you're tired, because you're, you're weary, because you're stressed out. But, but here's the deal. When you decide to let pride in and pride wins, it keeps you from experiencing the supernatural strength of Christ. Because his word says, in your weakness, his strength is made perfect. His strength's made perfect. But pride won't allow you to let it in. And if you're burning out, can I tell you, denial is the accelerator to burnout. When you decide to keep denying and you're just going to push, man, it is the accelerator to you burning out. And burning out is really hard to recover from. The Bible says this. says this in Proverbs 18, 12. Proud, proud people will be ruined, but the humble will be honored. Humble humility always asks for help. It realizes, I was not made to be enough for me. Today, if you're weary, man, it's okay. If you're worn down, it's, it's like, I refuse to admit I'm ever sick, right? Like, I haven't thrown up in 12 years. Since we started the church, I haven't thrown up. I keep knocking on wood. Some of you are like, it's a spiritual promise. I'm just telling you, I'm knocking on wood. I haven't, I haven't been sick in over 12 years. And some of you are like, you have just done yourself in by saying that out loud. Uh, and one of the reasons is I can be like almost dead and I refuse to admit I'm sick. I'm like, I'm not sick, Casey. She's like, you can't breathe. I'm not sick, woman. Because when I admit I'm sick, I admit there is a problem and I am weak and it won. And I'm not going to let it win and I'm not going to admit I'm. And some of you, as crazy as that sounds, that I am, you're that way when it comes to rest reason you're so tired and the reason you're so cranky and the reason you're so mean because you're worn out you're worn down and you're not bringing life to anybody because you're not finding rest second thing is fear what fear does it just lets the what-ifs go crazy it lets the what-ifs go crazy in our life and when we become fearful and full of anxiety we draw near 
to the what ifs. And we play out every scenario. Well, what if a 25 foot anaconda gets into the nursery and chokes out my baby? Like, really? What? Like, moms, like, like the first night a baby sleeps throughout the night, are they dead? Are they dead? Are they dead? You know, you're just like, uh, are they dead? You know, and you just, you didn't think, you didn't think, oh, they slept through the night. You're like, they're dead. They're dead, right? You're playing through the what ifs. And that's what fear, fear becomes debilitating and it becomes paranoid because it draws closer and nearer to the what ifs instead of the I am. And the what ifs are full of uncertainty and I am that statement of who Jesus says he is and God says he is, is full of certainty. It is full of fact. He didn't say I will be or I was in your current situation in the midst of your burnout, in the midst of being weary, realize I am is calling you to draw near. Draw near to him. And the end result is, no matter how weary you are, no matter how tired you are, man, you're going to find rest. And the Bible says this in Isaiah, and we know this passage, and we've sung songs about this passage in Isaiah 40, verse 28 through 31. Have you not known and have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. And I love that Isaiah says this. You know this. You've heard this. Right? You've heard this and you know this. The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He understands where you are. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary and young men shall fall exhausted. It happens to everyone. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So something you and I have to learn in the midst of being tired and weary, we have to learn to wait. And I hate that word. I hate waiting. That's why we have to learn it, right? Because usually what happens when things aren't going our way, when things are uncertain, when things aren't happening, when we don't see things occurring, we get busy and we get frantic. We get busy and we get frantic. And what I mean by frantic is that we go around taking action in a chaotic or hurried way. Right? And that's really a great description of what life has looked like this past year. For a lot of us, it's been pure chaos. And we haven't been waiting on the Lord we haven't been waiting on the Lord to move, and we haven't been waiting on the Lord to renew our strength. We've just been busy to make things happen. And if you are going to find rest for your soul, you've got to learn to wait on the Lord. You have to wait on him. Psalms 37, 7 says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes, right? And this is one that gets me. Like when I'm waiting, I'm watching what everybody else is, ha what's happening in everybody else's life, right? And when something happens to a person that I know is not a good person, and let's just call it the way it is. You, you know these people. I know these people. You're like, no, no, this isn't. You start seeing what's happening. The Bible's saying this. Stop worrying about what is happening in everybody else's life. And if you're going to have rest ever in your life, you've got to learn to wait on him instead of comparing your life to everybody else. 
And some of us, the reason we are so weary and we're so tired is we're trying to keep up with everyone instead of wait on the one. Man, you're worn out. And I think a lot of the reason is, is because in my mind, in your mind, in our culture, we view waiting as wasting. Right? We do. We pick on all the moms for just a second. You're like, you already picked on me, my anaconda, my kid dying in the nursery. Thanks a lot. Um, but, but moms, you are great multitaskers. It is insane to watch women's ability to multitask. I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, I will be microwaved like the, this morning. I microwaved my, my oatmeal and I was waiting on it in case he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm waiting for my oatmeal. Like, what do you mean? She's like, you're not drinking your coffee? I'm like, I'll drink my coffee after my oatmeal's done. And she's like, but you can do both right now. I'm like, I'm doing one thing at a time. I'm waiting on my oatmeal. To, I will drink my coffee when I'm good and ready. Leave me alone, right? Because Casey's thinking, while you're waiting, you could be pouring your coffee, putting creamer in. You could be letting the dog out. You could be doing other things instead of just waiting. Because we view waiting as wasting. Understand, when you're waiting on the Lord, there's no wasting in your waiting. There, there's no wa wasting in your waiting. But what I have found when it comes to waiting is that I won't wait on you if I don't trust you. I won't. I won't wait on you if I don't. If I was meeting Brandon Hayes or I was meeting Nate and I was like, hey, we're going to be at lunch, 12 o'clock at the brook, let's do it, right? And they were like running late and it's 1210 and I'm like, it, where are you boys at? Come on, right? I tell you, I'm not going to get up and leave because I know them and I could trust them. And because I trust them, I'm willing to wait on them. Just like if my wife was running late, I'm not going to leave her because I value my life. But <laughs> I trust that she's going to show up. And my wife's very punctual. So let me just say that. Some of you are like, oh, great. I'm, I'm just being honest. I but, but if I don't know you and you're running 15 minutes late, I'm out. I'm like, I don't, I don't know you. You don't know me? Like, like, hey, let's meet. I've had like other pastors like, hey, let's meet. And they're running 15 minutes. I'm like, I'll give you a 15-minute window, but if you don't send me a text or something, like I don't trust that you're going to show up because I don't know you. And many of us, the reason, the reality that we won't wait on the Lord is that the, when we boil it down, we really don't trust him. Because you wait on who you trust. And the Bible says this in Psalm 62, I wait quietly before God. Oh, that kills me. Because most of the time, my waiting sounds like this. Can you just hurry this thing up? All right, when's this gonna happen, God? I've been praying for this for a week, right? Like instantaneous results. Then say that you wait groaning, you wait complaining, you, you wait telling everybody else that you're, well, I'm just waiting on the Lord to send me a man, right? No. I wait quietly <laughs> before God. For my victory comes from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, which that means deliverance from harm, ruin, or destruction, my fortress where I will never be shaken. Have you learned to wait quietly on the Lord? I remember, I need to close, I gotta, we got, yeah, I gotta get one. Remember waiting when I was in mid-high. Mid-high, I got picked on a ton, and probably rightfully so. I had a loud mouth and I looked awkward. Um, and so, um, 
I, uh, I, I remember getting picked on at a 4th of July event that happened at our church. I had an older sister that's three years older than me, which means you old now, Stephanie. Um, and she, is, uh, uh, she was a senior when I was a freshman. And so my eighth grade year, her junior year, I remember being at a 4th uh, of July celebration at the church. And um, these, these, these kids were picking on me. And my sister couldn't help me out at school because I, she was in another school when I was at another school. But my sister was mean to me. I'll just put it that way. Um, she can't defend herself, so I can say all kinds of things right now. Um, but she was mean to me, but she got to be mean to me. Nobody else got to be mean to me. Like, she was like, that one's mine. I peed on him. I've marked him. He's mine, right? Like, that didn't happen. I'm just stating. Like, what a weird home. Um, and here's the deal. When my sister saw this group picking on me, I caught eyes to my sister, and my sister went like, she had the mom look at age like 16. And she had the, I mean, she had the lasers going, the mom walk, you know what I'm talking about? Like, it's like nothing's moving but the upper body. You just like hover, you're like, whoop, and you're like, ah! Um, like, how'd you get there? You were there, you got here, how'd you get there? Right? <laughs> what happened? And my, like, I didn't have to do anything in that moment. Because you know why? I saw my victory was on the way, right? Like, my, my, <laughs> I saw the solution wasn't coming. And she came in like a bowling ball. Like, like Miley Cyrus came in like a wrecking ball, right? I mean, she came in, boom, and blew it up. And I mean, those kids apologized. They were nice to me the rest of their life, Right? Why? Because somebody bigger than me was capable to take up for me. You know what? I never got nervous. I never got rattled around those kids again. Why? Because somebody with more power, a <laughs> little bit more authority than me had set the stage for my victory. Man, can I tell you, you can be tired in this place. You can be worn out. And you can wonder if you're ever going to win. You can wonder, am I ever going to keep up? Because the weight that I feel is crushing. Wait quietly upon the Lord. Because that's where your victory comes from. And when you understand where your victory comes from, no matter what happens in the waiting, you can still stay on solid ground and not be shaken because you have decided to draw closer to I am than the what ifs. You've decided to learn to wait, and in the waiting, you understand my victory is I may not be able to see it. Other people may not be able to see it, but I'm choosing to wait upon the Lord because the promise is this. They that wait upon the Lord, their strength shall be renewed. It will happen that if I draw close to Christ, I will receive rest from the weight that I am carrying. And this morning, if you're here, man, you're home and you're tired and you're weary, all I got to tell you is let the pride go. Don't let fear hold you hostage anymore and draw near to him. Because the end result is this. You'll find rest for you. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And I thank you for today. I, th I thank you for your word that's just true. And Lord, I know there's so many of us in this place. We're just tired. 
fact, before we go any further in service today, with your heads bowed, eyes closed today, if you just say, Justin, I'm, I'm, I'm tired from the weight of life. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, you see every hand that's lifted. You see the weight that is on us. And Lord, there's so many of us, we're just at this place that we're tired. And we need rest. So God, I pray that you would not let us be too proud. We would not allow fear to win anymore. And Lord, in the midst of being tired, we would learn to wait. And we learn to wait on you because we trust you. Because <laughs> our trust and our hope and our salvation, our deliverance comes from you. It doesn't come by our good ideas. It doesn't come from our next paycheck or our next employer. It doesn't come in the next relationship that we find. It doesn't come in our kid making better decisions. Lord, our salvation and our deliverance comes from you. And when we understand who's in charge of this all, that's a moment, even in the midst of being tired and weary, we cannot be shaken. Because we know where our victory is coming from. So God, I pray that we would have hearts and lives that draw closer to you. And that we would find rest for our soul today. It's in Jesus' name I pray. With heads bowed, eyes closed today, if you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here. And I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. We want to give you a chance to change that. Today you may be here and maybe where you're at isn't where you need to be. And you just need to recommit your life to him. You need to get things right. Man, I can tell you the beginning and the end is simple on this one. If you confess, you'll end up being forgiven. Man, if you'll acknowledge, he'll erase it. And if that's you today, if you're in this place or you're at home watching online, when I count to three, I just simply want you to raise your hand and we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. There's already hands going up. Is there anyone else? One, two, three. You say that's you and you just raise your hand. Yeah, yeah. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me today. And there's just some things. Yeah, I see your hand. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, there's, there's just some things that need to get straightened out in my life. Is there anyone else? If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I have sinned and that I've messed up. But I ask for your forgiveness. I ask that your grace and love would enter my life. God, I turn away from the life that I was living. I repent of it. And I turn to you. And I grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at Nicole at foundationschurch.tv.
We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.